1: Lightning fans, you've found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the of a Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric.
2: Hello again. Welcome back to the lightninginsider.com podcast. A little bit of a week or so hiatus as I uh, jettisoned off to uh, Traverse City, Michigan for the weekend, uh, Spent some time with family, having the opportunity to uh, go on a little winery slash brewery slash cidery tour up in Michigan. It was, uh, it was a great time uh, that I had me and my wife able to sneak away for a weekend and spend some time with family up in that area, so uh, a little hiatus, missed the last four games podcast-wise, three games uh, on the other side of things, but uh, certainly happy to be back now as the Lightning are just past the midway point of the season. Game number 44 was in Edmonton tonight, they fall 5-3 to the Oilers um, in a game that... I didn't have high expectations for from a lightning standpoint. Just based on, you know, it's the middle part of the road trip. It starts to kind of drag on you a little bit. You have the emotions coming off of the game the night before in Vancouver, where, and I'll get into this a little bit, but Steven Stamkos finally reaches the 500 goal mark for his career, just the 47th player in-league history to reach that. So you had some of the emotion and the hoopla and and everything else. I'm sure you saw some of the videos and some of the pictures that came out uh, post-game from that one. And it's not easy to shut all that aside, right? It's not easy to shut that aside and and have to turn around and play a game the next night. It's the nature of the beast. It's the NHL. You have to do it. You have to deal with it. But it's not a simple thing to do, and let's throw in the fact that a it is a back-to-back in the middle of a um, a road trip that you've already played a game in the Central, two games in the Pacific. Now you're back to the Mountain Time Zone. You know your your sleeping patterns and everything else are all messed up. You lose an hour flying from Vancouver to Edmonton, and then you got to face Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, and if you're not ready for a game like that, it can get ugly. They can skate circles around you if you're not ready to get your feet moving, and that's why I had very low expectations for the lighting in this game. I'm not saying it was a scheduled loss, because you you can't uh, factor in, you can't have the forethought to think that, you know, you're going to have a, a memorable, emotional night the night before in a game in Vancouver. Uh, but it, it just had the makings of a game where the lighting might not come out with their best effort. And they, you know what? They didn't. They didn't have that jump in their step. Their passes were off. Pucks were not going onto on the sticks. They weren't being uh, hauled in cleanly when the passes did connect. I think we heard Dave Mishkin use the word fumbleitis in this game early on, and you get that sometimes. But if you do that against a team like this, there's a good chance you're going to pay for it. And they did. You know, at one point the shots in the first period were ten to two. The Oilers were uh, jumping into passing lanes. They were picking off passes. They were taking advantage of the lighting, not able to connect. Uh, and all that stuff. So they had a lot of zone time. They had some pretty good pressure. You know, maybe this is why the coaching staff opted to go with Brian Elliott in Vancouver. And by the way, Brian Elliott was brilliant in Vancouver, got kind of lost in the result of that game, and, you know, everything kind of went on against the Canucks. You know, so you come back with Andre Vasilevsky, and maybe, you know, he can be the guy that settles you into the game. We see him do that all the time, (laughs) even much like Brian Elliott did in the game against Vancouver, where he settled them into the game. So, you know, the decision to go with Vasilevsky in this game, but the Oilers get a tip, a deflection goal to open the scoring, and then, you know, the one thing that you really had to avoid as much as possible in this game was taking penalties. The Oilers have a power play that clicks at 30%. 30%. They're just deadly if you give them the man advantage. And for good reason. They've got, especially the two dynamic players, McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, up front. However, as deadly as that power play can be, there was no excuse for what happened on Edmonton's second goal, which came on the power play. It's scored by Dreisidel off of what else an assist from Connor McDavid but I would like to know how Dreisaitl can sit alone in the slot on a power play situation and have nobody around him like go back and look at that tape all four lightning players on the ice were basically between the board's and the near hash marks. That's it's too much... Like, what are you doing over there? Like, why are you have that many players over on that side of the ice when, you know, in those situations, the most dangerous player is the guy without the puck yet? And that was the case. And, it, you know, you're going to give a guy like Dreisaitl that kind of an opportunity with no pressure on him. And look, Vasilevsky almost made the save. He got a piece of it. But not even the superhuman effort from a superhuman goaltender like Vasilevsky can help pull that out. So, uh, mental mistake there, for sure. And then, you know, it's 2-0 after 1. And what found a little interesting in this game was you know, there's different ways to, you know, teammates can pull the rest of the team into the fight, so to speak. You know, there are different ways to do it. Anthony Sorelli does it with his relentlessness and his willingness to never give up on a play. You know, you've got players who can do that. But we saw at the end of the first period, Corey Perry get into a fight with Darnell Nurse. And then to open the second period, we saw... Pat Maroon and Clem Costin get into a fight and this one was a little bit and this was right off the draw. They were chatting before they went out. uh, Before the puck was dropped. Uh, And This was a a, a response on Edmonton's part for you know, the Oilers got that power play opportunity in the first period because Pat Maroon was called for uh, a hook on McDavid and Maroon who you know, played in Edmonton, actually played on a line with McDavid, his best offensive year, came playing alongside McDavid, at 27 goals uh, one year for the Oilers, Uh, felt that McDavid went down a little too easy to draw that penalty and knocked him down, let him have it a little bit. So that fight was in response to, you know, pushing around the the top player. You know, then we saw a a little dust up after Nikita Kucherov gave Evander Kane a a little bit of a hit from behind, not a dirty hit, right? It wasn't near the boards. It wasn't a boarding play, you know, but that led to Evander Kane kicking the leg out of Nikita Kucherov and it started another uh, bit of a, uh, a dust-up, you know, so they, it gets it gets emotions in the game. There are different ways to get emotional into a game. And, you know, if you've listened to me through the years, I, I'm certainly not a big advocate of stage fights, I'm not even a huge um, believer of, of fights in the game, but I understand why they're in the game. A lot of times it's in response to a bad hit, a bad play, something like that. you know, and in this case, you know the lighting needed to create some energy on the bench and you know two guys that are really good at doing a Perry and Maroon in particular did it in this case and uh, it, it, it it worked. It it worked because the Lightning came out a much different team in the second period than they were in the first. They had their legs. They had zone time. They were connecting on passes. The speed part of their game was back. The forechecking part of their game was back. And, you know, they cut it 2-1 early in the second on a goal from Brandon Hagel as 18th of the year. They give it right back on on a bad play by Hayden Fleury. Who was in the lineup tonight? Because Nick Pervec's uh, missed his uh, fourth consecutive game, or third consecutive game, rather, with an upper body injury he suffered in St. Louis. Uh, so a, a bad play by Flurry, and then he makes another mistake trying to, um, you know, make up for it on the coverage. After that, you know, didn't uh, didn't cover up for himself very well, and, and Edmonton regains their, their two-goal lead, but you had a goal from Stephen Stamkos as the big three were put back together. So you get a goal from Stamkos's 503rd career goal, by the way, which now moves him into 44th place, tied with Peter Bondra on the all-time goal-scoring list in league history. And then you get a, a beautiful goal from Braden Point, you know, kind of capped off a tic-tac-toe type of situation with a steal by Stamkos in the neutral zone. He's able to find Kucherov inside the zone. Kucherov finds Hedman across the ice and point cuts to the net in a beautiful redirect that tied the game 3-3. And, and you felt that that emotion and the energy and everything else that the Lightning had, uh, had built up in that period was going to end up being rewarded. Uh, but it didn't. And, and not that they couldn't. But, you know, early in the third, <laughs> if, if you're going to give Connor McDavid an opportunity, he's there's a good chance he's going to beat you. There's a really good chance he's going to beat you. And that's what happened. It ends up being the game-winning goal as McDavid, you know, picks up a puck in the neutral zone. And it, it's a difficult... It's a very difficult thing for a defenseman to make a read on Connor McDavid as he's coming at you because he has so many ways of creating space for himself that sometimes you just don't know what he's going to pull out. And, and there's a fear factor. There's a fear factor that Connor McDavid can do to you what he did to Morgan Riley a few years ago. And Morgan Riley's a pretty good defenseman where he just made... Riley look like a a fool so there's always a fear factor involved when you see McDavid with the puck on his stick and just a little bit of space and of course people want to give Ian Cole crap for how he handled this oh he's a pylon he can't do. that's Connor McDavid and I you know the way that Cole played this way uh, you know, made the play on this to try and prevent McDavid from getting to the ice. If it's just about ninety-nine point nine percent of the other players in the league, he he played it exactly how you want to play it. You maintain and able to you know control your gap and try and drive the player to the outside so they don't have the path to the net. But it's McDavid. And McDavid is so fast and so elusive that he was able to ward that off and create the space for himself to get to the net and create that goal. It ends up being the game winner and, and the Lightning's five-game winning streak is snapped. And you know it's 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 what happens in games like this that are close. And we've talked about how Tampa Bay is better, it's really good in situations where they're tied after two periods. You know, a play like that uh, can be the difference in a game. And when you have the slow start and you fall behind 2 nothing, and you fall behind 3-1 and you can't really get yourself uh, into position to, to grab a lead, a play like that can be the difference and it ended up being the difference here.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is there.
2: So, the five-game winning streak is over. They move on to Calgary on Saturday. That will be an afternoon game, by the way. Please note, 3 p.m., so you can watch that leading right into, well, I guess, uh, uh division around playoffs in the NFL. are going to start, uh, what, around 4.30, so... It won't lead right into it, but you'll be able to catch the lightning before any of the NFL playoff action gets underway. Uh, I want to touch on Stamkos here real quick because, you know, he did mention that he picked up that 500th goal in Vancouver. It happened early in the game, uh, 440 into the first period. He's sitting at the top of the crease and is able to tap in an easy backdoor play uh, from Alex Kalon is basically a two-on-zero down low after Kalon was able to tow drag around a Vancouver defenseman uh, and find Stamkos alone there in the front. So um, it's a magical number. You know, I mentioned only 47 players in, in league history have reached the milestone, and Stamkos is is now on that list. It's a magical number in the NHL. It carries a lot of weight. There are very few guys in this league who have scored 500 career goals and are not on the Hall of Fame. Not that there was any doubt, but this this solidifies things. And sometimes it takes a little longer. I mean, look how long it took for Dave Anderchuk, a 600-goal scorer, to get into the Hall of Fame. Dino Cicerelli, how long it will take for Dino Cicerelli to get into the Hall of Fame for what uh, he was able to accomplish during his playing days and his ability to score goals. You know, Uh, But just a... And he he does it... Stamkos does it on a night in which he ends up with a hat-trick. He gets the empty netter at the end to to cap off the hat-trick, his 11th career hat-trick, his first since the end of the season last year. Remember, he had that hat-trick in New York against the Islanders in the season finale that helped get him to the 40-goal mark on the season. Ended up with uh, 42 goals on the year last year because of that hat-trick. He's just the eighth player in league history to record a hat-trick in the same game in which he did score his 500th career goal. And you think about everything that Stamkos has gone through. The broken leg. The partially torn meniscus in his knee. The blood clot that led to surgery to remove a rib, the upper part of his rib. The sports uh, hernia, the sports... A midsection injury that he had uh, right before the pandemic shut down in 2020. You know, not being able to play in the bubble. You know, the family heartbreak he had while in the bubble, which, by the way, you can read on my website, lightninginsider.com. Everything, everything that he's gone through, for him to be able to celebrate that moment... It, it i know all of tampa bay felt good for him and you should feel good for him that was a it's a moment we're not going to forget ever in watching that uh, happen to such a, a great a personality a great person in this game who's just deserves it he deserves it for everything he's been through for everything he's um, you know accomplished in his career uh, reached a thousand point plateau earlier this year right reached the 500 assist mark earlier this year hits the 500 goal mark and if everything goes right he'll hit a thousand games this year as well uh, I can't say enough good things about Steven Stamkos and reaching this mark it's it's not easy it's not easy with what he's persevered through in his career to get to this point uh, so it was just uh, great. Great to see for Steven Stamkos uh, joining a very exclusive club in NHL history. All right, Saturday's game against Calgary. The Flames are in a playoff position right now. They do hold down the number two wild card position in the Western Conference. They've been up and down this year. They're not getting the same type of goaltending from Jacob Markstrom that they got last year. He's actually going to save percentage below 900 this year. You Think about what a fantastic year he had last season. Uh, no Johnny Gaudreau, no Matthew Kachuk, but you have, um, you know, Nazem Kadri there, uh, Elias Lindholm there, you know, it's Blake Coleman is there. You know, they've got a lot of, of uh, hardworking players who can score goals. I get a really good back end that produces offense, and, um, so this, this will be a challenge the teams did meet earlier this year. Tampa Bay did win that game at Amelie Arena, and they're going to cap this off with a uh, afternoon game in Calgary, an opportunity to close out this five-game road trip grabbing eight out of a possible ten points. Considering how this road trip started, if you only come home with six, I think you're going to feel disappointed. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown if you win the first three games of this road trip you probably let at least a point slip away tonight against Edmonton. And then if you come home with a record of 3-2, and two, I think it's going to leave a little bit of saltiness in them coming back home. They, only, there's only four games left here now before you get to the All-Star break and the bye week that comes with it. For the lighting, they will actually have their bye week before the All-Star game weekend. I mean, they come home to play Minnesota, Boston and LA before they hit their break. So, I, I think this is a game that you feel you need to win. If you just said, "Hey, six out of eight, six out of ten points," that's a pretty good road trip. You know, if you if you win that final game to go three and two, right? You, you feel different than if you start at three and zero oh and come home three and two. It's just it's just the way it, you know, like we say all the time. It's not always you know, what was the path to get to the result, right? The process, all that stuff we talk about with individual games, it's kind of the same situation here. The result might be the same, but what was the path to get there? Was it the right path? So that's why I think, you know, this game on Saturday is one that the Lightning feeling they, they, they probably have to win. It's not a must win. It's not anything like that. But it's probably one they feel they, they need to win to come home with – Because right now, it's a good trip. You win on Saturday, it's a great trip. You lose on Saturday, it's an okay trip. Right? That's just kind of how things shake out with um, how you break everything down. Uh, So again, 3 o'clock is the puck drop on that one. Pre-game skate show with uh, myself and Bobby the Chief Taylor on the air at 2 o'clock. That is on the Strike 102.5 HD 2. I believe it will be. There's some USF games on Saturday, so it should be on the strike. But it's always available on Lightning Radio 24-7. You find that on the Tune In Network. Uh, pre-game report with Greg Lunelli's at 2.30. Puck drop is at 3 with Dave Michigan. Game is back on Bally Sports after ESPN had the national game on Thursday night. Team is off on Friday, so they'll jump right into uh pre-game skate at two thirty uh to get ready for a three o'clock game and come home. They'll get they'll come home at a decent time. Not a great time. A decent time. You know, it's it's a long flight to get from Calgary back to Tampa, but uh they'll have a couple days off before they have to face the Minnesota Wild and and close out the pre-all star break with uh three games um, again against Minnesota, Boston and LA. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me on this edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. If you're not a subscriber to my site, don't forget that code PODCAST, $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription for the most experienced insight and analysis you can find. i get into more detail on the written side of things than I do here on the podcast. So again, PODCAST is the code to use to... Uh, Give $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription. All right. Thanks again, as always, for listening, and we will talk soon.
1: A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.